0: Avenue
1: What's that at the foot of my bed? It's spooky and kooky, I'm pretty sure it's dead
0: It's coming this way Wait a minute, hey! I'm ghosted!
1: By Ross Dresdales Hey, boo! It's me, Roz, and welcome to another Listener Phone Call Extravaganza! I love doing these episodes, and I hope to do some, you know, early January or something. So, as always, if you have a ghost story, maybe you have a a little bit of time over the holidays, if you want to send me an email, do it to ghostedbyroz at gmail.com and put in the subject line, listener episode. I, this week, have been just... Ghosted in away and talking to so many different people for some upcoming episodes. I'm thrilled for the beginning of the year on this podcast, and I'll just tell you who I have because I can give you if you're, you know if you're looking for things again over the holidays. You're looking for a good thing to watch, a good thing to read. I can I can help you out here. Okay, I first up in the beginning of the year have on winner of RuPaul's Drag Race. Jinx Monsoon on the show. And Jinx has become kind of alongside Ben de la Creme of RuPaul's Drag Race. The two of them have become like the queens of Christmas this year. And you can actually see them in a couple of different things. They did their own holiday special, which is so fun and absolutely gorgeous. And if you want to watch it, it's at jinxandela.com and uh, they also happen to make an appearance in this movie that everyone's talking about. It's on Hulu called The Happiest Season, starring Kristen Stewart and truly an all-star cast. I mean, Aubrey Plaza, Alison Brie, Victor Garber, the two of them uh, make a little cameo in that. So that's pretty fun for the holidays. And then, okay, so then after I have on Jinx... I also will be having in January, Amy Bruni. Now, I know that a lot of you know who Amy Bruni is. She is huge in in the paranormal investigating TV world. And she is the star of the TV show Kindred Spirits. But you also might know her from Ghost Hunters. And she has a book out that is so current. It is so current that she even wrote it in 2020. And she references all the craziness that's going on with the pandemic. And the book is called Life with the Afterlife. 13 truths I learned about ghosts. And I loved it. And so we talked and I had a ton of questions. And I'm very proud of both my Jinx and Amy episodes. And they're both so loaded that they're also going to be likely two-part episodes we'll see but there's there's just a lot going on with them now i have told you guys that i will not be able to do regular episodes for next week or the next week that's why i'm talking about january now but on patreon i have got some pretty cool conversations I'm doing, like, some pretty, you know, full length, about the length of a podcast, a typical episode. There will be EVPs. There will be stories. On Christmas Eve, I'm talking to my friend Tammy M. Chavez, who is a paranormal investigator. I actually met her at that place, The Omen House, and she is out there doing the paranormal investigating, particularly here in Hollywood. And she's been making TikToks. You can find her at Holly Weird Paranormal. And she's just, she's really fun. And she knows what she's talking about. So uh, you could hear that on Patreon on my second tier. And then on New Year's Eve, my friend, Mr. Malone, who is, he does automatic pen writing, you know, a type of channeling and he can communicate with the dead and he's had a ton of experiences and he's a fun person. You might know him if you listen to Straight Talk with Ross Matthews, the podcast. He's he's on there as a regular. And, um, I really enjoy him. And so you could hear that conversation on my second tier of Patreon and on Patreon, I'm going to keep making videos every single Tuesday. This week, I did another little video around my home and showed you some of my weird taste and the things that I love so much in my home. And you know what? Having weird taste is better than having no taste. That's what I say. (laughs) So go check that out if you're interested. But from what I heard, people really enjoyed seeing my living room last week. So I'll give you a little bit more of that. All right. Well, this listener episode, we've got some good stories. We got some beginning, middle, and ends. And um, on Patreon, the bonus clip this week is actually... Two different little stories. I've got one from Ryan where we talk about, um, since I do know Ryan a little bit, we were actually on Zoom that night that I had an earthquake a couple months ago. And so we talked about that together. And um, I had on Paul, who on Patreon this week is telling us about a real spooky dream situation that he had at one point. So go listen to that. And I'm ready to just start the show. I don't know about you. Let's hear some ghost stories. On with the show. <gasps> There's a ghost in my house. Hello. I am joined by Ryan in Chicago. How are you?
0: I'm fantastic.
1: I hear you got some ghost stories. What? Which one should we talk about? Uh, um... What's the first what's the first ghost story that ever happened to you or supernatural paranormal phenomena?
0: Yeah, so I would say that it started when I was a child, um growing up in central Illinois, I would wake up um in my bed at night and just kind of be frozen, but at the end of my bed would always be this dark cloaked figure (gasps) that would just stand there at the very end of my bed and like I couldn't move I couldn't speak I couldn't do anything
1: now when you say this how detailed are we talking like does it It, did it look like like you could almost be like oh my god that's a human with like a party city grim reaper costume on (laughs) or was it like more misty or what what do you think
0: It just, you know, honestly, it was just, it honestly looked like if you just took a black, a big black cloak and just like put it over a human body. That's basically what it looked like. It really didn't have a lot of features. um, And like, I didn't see a face. Um, but it just like, you knew there was just something standing at the end of the bed. And this happens to me every time I would move, like my parents moved a few times, but every time I would move, like not too long after, you know, we had moved, I would wake up and the same scenario would happen, That it would just stand there at the end of my bed. It never moved. It never came any closer it just stood within my bed and it would it would feel like hours I would just have to stare and look at this thinking like oh my god like what's gonna happen is it gonna do something and it was never it always felt like it wanted to do something or it had like bad intentions so this kind of just followed me through my life and then would it seem
1: like it was just still or did it seem like it like as if like if a human was standing at your bed it would like kind of breathe a little it might move a little at times or was just like still staring at you
0: very just still like it was just (sighs) almost like waiting for me to make a move or waiting for me to move so it would make a move so then Mm. I just felt so frozen like I couldn't do anything because if I did then it would attack or something and so I just felt like I had to stay so still Um, and so when I moved finally to college to Chicago, I got my first apartment, um, and I had two roommates that I moved in with and, you know, it was a very kind of like new experience living on my own and a new big city and everything. And so, you know, it was kind of an emotional time. And so I remember, um, going to bed. It was like the, this time was like the first night and I woke up And it felt almost like it was like beginning of a new day or something, like the sun was just coming up or something. And I didn't see anything at the time at the end of my bed, but I looked over on my wall to the right of me and there was a cross on my wall, which was strange because I did not bring a cross with me or anything. And the cross on the wall started to shake and tremble. And then all of a sudden out of each end of the cross, a new cross formed and it just started spreading across the wall as if, like, I don't know, like a virus or something. And it was going all over and that freaked me out. And then I looked over and there it was. It was back. It was <gasps> in this new space of mine that I'd moved to. But this time it didn't just stand still at the end of my bed. It actually started to move and it moved to the left of me. And it came right up to me and it started like moving out its arm or hand or whatever it had. Again, you did, you couldn't see any detail. All you could see was a lifting of this like cloak and it put its arm over my arm. And I just remember being so scared because, of course, this thing has always scared me. It's always followed me, but it's never moved. It's never
1: yeah. done
0: anything. And so now, were it, you like, frozen
1: that, like before?
0: Yeah. I was, I was just like, and part of it, I don't know if it was like frozen out of fear or fro or like actually my body couldn't move. I just remember feeling like I couldn't, I couldn't move anything. And so I couldn't like get up, I couldn't run, I couldn't do anything. And so it finally, put its like whatever on my arm and then that was it. And then I just remember kind of like blacking out, waking up a little while later. But when I did my arm on the left side was like red all over, and I have no idea why. I have no oh idea what God. happened, but I felt like it—it it had f- had like finally made contact. And
1: this that is like a horror movie. This is like <laughs> it a Conjuring movie. reached
0: me out. Yeah, it was terrifying. And honestly, after that experience, you know, I started having weird things happen and stuff like that. And then in this particular apartment that I moved to which is a whole nother story, which was haunted in itself. Um, I, one night was in my living room and we were like 11 stories up and you could look across the street and there was like a new building being constructed, a huge tower, but it was like in its initial phases. So it was very much just like, you know, open see-through floors and everything. But one night I looked across the street and there again was the cloaked figure just standing there just oh
1: my God. almost
0: like staring in, like watching. And um, that really freaked me out. And I was living uh, at that point with my boyfriend and, you know, I told him and he was like, yeah, right. You know, like he didn't really ever have anything happen. He didn't have any supernatural things happen to him. So he just kind of like, you know, shrugged it off. And I was like, okay, sure. You know, another one of your like ghost stories or whatever. But then when he had a friend over one time when I was actually like away on vacation or doing something, um, his friend like saw the same thing and saw a cloaked figure on the other side of the street and like freaked out and was like, oh my God, someone's like looking into our like apartment." And so finally he was like, holy shit, like that's what my, you know, boyfriend had told me. Like I thought he was like totally making some bullshit story up. And so, like, that kind of made me feel like, okay, like, I'm not maybe the only one that's seen this. But But it's so um, interesting,
1: because it's clearly attached to you. Yeah, yeah. And somebody else witnessed it.
0: Yeah. And so that was like, the first time that someone else had said, like, oh, I saw something that matched this description of what you were talking about. And so and it was weird, because like, yeah, like, this person was connected to me, but not very closely. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. A family member, or a really close friend. It's like a friend of a, you know, boyfriend. So that was really interesting. And the last thing I would say about the entity, I just call it like the entity because I don't know what else to call it. But I had a dream after all these things happened. It's like the last time I've had any kind of connection with it. And I remember in my dream, I just was in this almost like marketplace in this other country. And there was this person that would just stare at me with this just like grin it's like evil grin and it just started walking towards me and I felt that in that like freezing feeling again and he walked up to me and he said you can you can run you can move but I'll always be there and, yeah! like, oh. <laughs> and that just like and like of course, like this person like had a face, like he looked like a normal person, but I had that feeling like, I know who this is. Like this is that thing that's followed me for my whole life.
1: Oh my God. So when's the last time that this happened? So,
0: I mean, the last time I saw it would have been probably the time when I saw it across the street in the new building that was being constructed. But I
1: mean like how long ago? That was
0: probably, that was several years ago. That was probably around 2010 or 11.
1: So it's been a while. Oh, okay. So actually, That's good.
0: But I'll tell you, so I'll tell you then I guess kind of what I did to try to maybe get rid of it. So there's this, there's this really cool occult bookstore in Chicago supposedly it's the oldest one in America I don't know for sure but that's what they say Mm -hmm. and so I go there and it's really cool because it's like I mean they have got everything they've got jars with like graveyard dirt and like everything you can think of and so like they are ready to like do the real shit and so (laughs) I went there just like kind of like almost like desperate because I was just to the point where I'm like something I've got to get rid of this thing. You know, I don't want this to follow me anymore. I don't want this to be around me. And so I told them like what had happened. And they're like, yeah, that sounds like maybe you've got something attached to you. And they're like, here, there might be something we can do to like figure this out. So they walk me over to this cabinet and they open it up and there is this stone and he doesn't say like what it is or anything. And he just like, close your eyes And I do, and he's like, lift out your hand, and I'm going to put something in your hand, grasp it, and put it against your chest, and then just tell me what happens. I'm thinking, okay, this is weird. (laughs) This is kind (laughs) of...
1: You could put anything in your
0: hand. Yeah, I'm like, okay. Um, (laughs) But I was with a friend, and so she was there too, and so I'm like, okay, if he like tries something really (laughs) weird, she's going to be like, wait up a second. But anyways, so I do it, and like at first nothing happens and of course I'm thinking like this is so ridiculous I feel like I feel so dumb but then all of a sudden like whatever it was like I started feeling it like push away from me almost like you would see like with battery or with uh, magnets and how it's just like it just it will not stay against it it just pushes away and I pushed away until like it was it was like all the way away from me and then like the guy just grabbed it out of my hand. He's like, "There you go. That's your answer." And I'm like, "What?" And he's like, "What I put in your hand was a bazaar stone." And I guess for reference, <laughs> the bazaar stone. I in in modern like uh, uh, stuff, you, Harry Potter actually uses that in one of the films. <laughs> when I saw a Harry Potter film after, because this happened before that, before I saw it, I was like, "Oh my god, that's the stone they had me." Like, hold, and I guess it's supposedly like a gallstone or something passed by an animal that is like with a shaman or something. And so, there's like a spirit that's supposed to be attached to these stones.
1: Oh, they're wow, really rare,
0: but I guess, um, they're like supposedly like good spirits. So, if there's something negative that's like attached to you, they like respond. And so, that's why he was like, it responded to something that's attached to you. So he's like, that's your answer. And so I'm like, okay, that was really, that was really crazy. That was a, that was so weird. And so he's like, he made me this like candle and I had all this stuff all over it. He told me I needed to break a mirror into shards. I had to like put it all on a white, uh, like tablecloth and he's like, light it. And he's like, you know, just stare into the flame and, it, and just like whatever you feel like your element is, whether it's fire or wind or water or whatever, he's like use that and like feel like you see it like made out of a, a sword and you cut it. Like you're cutting the connection between you and this thing, and like if you do that, then it will you'll it'll lose the connection to you and it will get lost in the mirrors. And so I did that, and honestly, it. After that, it kind of just didn't, I never, like I said, I haven't seen it in all those years. I didn't kind of feel like there was necessarily something following me. So I took that as maybe I got rid of it or it's maybe a little lost right now and can't find me. So, So,
1: Well, when was that dream with the smiling guy?
0: That was... Oh, that was a while after I saw it across the street. So maybe a couple, a few months or a year okay. or two after that. So that probably happened
1: like 2011, 2012 or something. Well, I think he's gone. I think I it's mean, gone. I hope so. <laughs> uh, well, so do you have another story that you could tell? Yeah. So this one um, is
0: probably, like, I have so many. Like, I could probably be on here for hours. Okay, honestly, we'll have to have you back. But... <laughs> Um, one, the other one that I would say is really, um, it really meant something to me, I guess, um, was, so the apartment, like I said, that I was living in when I moved to Chicago, my first apartment was definitely haunted. And, um, you know, I'd seen like things like scratches on the walls. I would hear things. Um, and, uh, one night I came home and my roommates to the two roommates I had both said, that they had experienced things or heard things or saw things and were like, yeah, there's something here. I don't know what it was. And so, um, and one of my friends was like atheist and she like, did not believe in like anything. And so she was just like, I know really, normally don't believe in stuff like this, but there's just something here. And so, um, one night I came home, I think from work or, you know, from class or something. And it seemed like the apartment was empty. Like no one was home like I was the only one there and so I just like all the lights were off and it was kind of like turning into night and so I turned on the kitchen light and the way the apartment was set up was like right after you walk in there's like a hallway and it goes right into a kitchen and the and then it goes like right into the like dining room with like a uh, uh, windows all in there and so I turned that light on and I sat down to like eat and when I did I looked up and in the reflection of the window was a man standing in the like entryway of the kitchen, mm. and I just like froze, and I like looked, and I was like, and I like turned around, and like of course no one was there, but I thought, okay, well maybe maybe someone was home, and so you know I get up, I go to look around, I'm like calling my roommates' names, and I'm like nothing, and that was the first time I like seen like a a, a you know a person or entity or anything. Um, in the apartment besides of course the the cloaked figure which I felt was like it felt like they were two different things right and I also would have my record player would turn itself on at various times like I would just wake up and I would hear music and I would be like what what is that and I thought maybe it was like a neighbor my windows were open maybe I'm hearing it from outside but I would go into my living room and the record player would be turned on playing like a jazz station. I was like, That's
1: "Ooh!" Really weird. So, what do we think? Like, it's haunted by a man from <laughs> who loves jazz, right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> what a perfect uh, roommate. Uh, so so then to shoot forward, I was at my one of my best friends' houses one night. We were all together hanging out, and I was getting ready to leave. So I try to like hail a cab and everything, and I I uh, remember like getting one, and the guy was. Asked me where I was going. He was really like disgruntled and everything. And and I tell him, and he's like, "Oh well, I I'm not going that way. I'm going like north." So he just like, "You got to get out of my cab." I'm like, "What?" And so I get out of his cab, and I'm just kind of standing there, and I have to like hail another cab. And so I get into this new cab, and I'm talking to this guy. He's like an older guy, right? And he's very friendly, and we start talking. And I tell him where I'm going. And he's like, "Oh, he's like that. That sounds familiar." He's like, "I'm pretty sure I lived in that." building in like the early 80s and I'm like oh well that's that's a coincidence that's kind of cool and so we kept talking and he's like telling me about how back in the early 80s in that area in Chicago it was like a really rough place to live and like he said that pizza delivery people like wouldn't even want to come because it was just so dangerous and stuff and then he started talking about his roommate and um he you could tell that when he talked about his roommate like you could tell like they were very close. And, um, and he would talk about him like in the past since like he wasn't around anymore. And so I kind of like, kind of pushed into that. I was like, well, what happened to your roommate? And he's like, well, he came home one night and he died. He had a massive heart attack in the lobby and he died. And I'm like, oh, I'm really sorry. And then he kind of like paused and he was like, well, he wasn't just my roommate. He was my husband and i was like oh wow that's that's incredible and i'm so sorry that you know you had that experience and and i just something clicked and i'm just like well i'm not going to lie like i have been experiencing things in my like apartment that i can't really explain and you know and i think and i was like one of the things that's really weird is that my you know record player will just come on by itself and it will just always play this jazz station. He's like, what? He's like, he loved jazz. Like he loved jazz so much. And I'm like, what? And we just kept talking. And like, I'm like, I don't know if you believe in like ghosts or anything like that, but I almost feel like he could possibly be in my unit. And he just starts crying. He's like, oh my God. He's like, I I I believe you. Like I think that that's what's happening. And and he's like, will you tell him that like I miss him, I love him, you know, I'm doing okay. And then I start crying because I'm like, oh my god, like what are the chances of me randomly getting kicked out of a cab to get into another cab of this guy who used to live in my building and whose partner had had died, you know, and he never really got to say his goodbyes, and so he's like, you know, telling me all these things and he wants me to like tell him, and I'm, you know, thinking, you know, I don't even know if this is really the same person, but okay. And so he like writes down his name and his number, and he's like, if you experience anything or if anything else happens, please let me know. Like I'm, I really want to know. So I'm like, okay, and we part, and I go back up to the spade and you know, my apartment, and I sit on my bed, and I'm just like, hey think i might have met your partner your husband and he wanted me to tell you that he misses you he loves you and he's doing fine he's doing good and he just wanted me to tell you that and after that happened i never had anything else happen
1: wow just
0: stopped and i never saw anything never heard anything nothing
1: Oh my God. I can't believe in that. I, I can't, I can't wrap my head around that coincidence. It Which many people say there's no such thing as coincidences.
0: Yeah. And I, especially after that, I'm prone to agree with that, that, you know, it, was just, it just, there's way too many variables that would have had to happen to make this occur and they all fell into place. And, you know, it, it happened. And it's, uh, that one has always stayed with me. And his name was Robbie, uh, the, his husband. (laughs) So I believe Robbie, the ghost was literally in my apartment. Just, I think, you know, just confused or, or sad or like, he didn't get closure because, you know, he never made it home that night. And so he, didn't have a way to say goodbye. And I think he was just kind of looking for that, looking for some kind of closure or to know that his partner was okay.
1: I am joined by Claire in Portland. Hello, Claire.
2: What's up, everybody?
1: (laughs) Thanks for doing this. So I wanna hear about the ghost in Japan that you were telling me you're nervous about... Now, why are you nervous about telling this story?
2: I mean, you know, I don't entirely know. I'm not really, like, the type of person who is, who welcomes this kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's just a little bit anxiety-inducing because, like, for real, what if if the spirit catches wind of me talking about this or or listens to your podcast? (laughs) I have
1: so many ghost listeners. It's (laughs) insane.
2: I mean, yeah. Hopefully... They, they don't catch wind of this and, like, start haunting my current residence because, again, like, I'm not looking for this kind of stuff.
1: Well, what happened? Tell me the whole story.
2: Big breath. Deep breath. Yeah. I um, it was in my early 20s, and I moved to Japan because I, you know, I, I did the whole teaching ESL thing when I was younger. Um, and so I, you speak Japanese, I know, no, I do not. I mean, I tried to, but people would respond in like perfect English. So I just gave up after like, three <laughs> living there. but, um, but yeah, I, I taught English. I taught ESL for a couple of years when I was in my early twenties. So I sort of hopped around all over the place. And one of the places that I taught ESL in was uh, Gifu city in Japan. So it was a, it was a really sweet gig, actually. Like I, I got the job, um, online. And so I move out to Japan and I get picked up by my boss and it was just a really surreal situation. I like, I landed in Japan um, in the middle of the night and he met me at the airport and I was just so tired. And so like, you know, it's kind of like, you don't know what the fuck's going on. You know, when you're like in your early 20s and you moved to Japan, it's just like, what the fuck is that? You know? But like he picks me up from the airport, he starts driving me. We're like in the car for a really long time and he just drives me to this house and that was where I was going to live while I worked there. And so it was kind of a surreal, like I said, situation because we pull up to the house and like right away, it was just like, this feels weird. Um, it just felt kind of eerie. And so I, I get into the house and it's like, you know, it's, it's late. And um, there were all these other people living in the house, other teachers and also Japanese staff who worked at these schools. And so nobody was up. And I was just told that, you know, I, I was supposed to go upstairs, that there was a room on the right, and that that was going to be my bedroom. Um, so I get into the house, and I get up to my room, and it's a, it's a traditional Japanese room. So it had a, what are called tatami floor mats, and I had a futon. And so I get kind of settled in, feeling kind of weird about the whole situation, you know. But I get settled in, and for the next couple of days, it was just – I was just getting a foothold, you know, like just kind of getting my bearings because um, – you know yeah didn't speak the language didn't know anybody so on the third night this is where the story gets weird um on the third night i go into my room i close the door and i turn off the light and i lay down on my futon and i'm laying there just kind of staring up at the ceiling and i see this shadow move around the room like at lightning speed
1: Mm. Now, was there a window that could have caused that or? Oh,
2: well, so we, there was a window. And the reason I could see the shadow is because there was moonlight coming in, but it looked like a figure was suddenly just, just moved around like the walls as quickly as possible. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And it was, I mean, it was, I was terrified. So I jump up off of the futon and I turn the light on and there's nothing there. And, you know, I, I mean, again, this is the third night that I've, living here I'm not gonna go knock on one of my roommate's doors and be like yo I think there's a ghost in my room you know
1: is that where your mind goes to uh, uh ghosts or did you think like someone was in there or
2: mind what were you my mind immediately went to a ghost like it just it it, it, it was nothing like nothing i had ever seen before you know uh-huh. so I leave the light on that night right like I lay back down on the futon and I go to sleep And I wake up early morning, like it's dawn when I wake up, and there's blood on my pillow. Hmm. Yeah. And I feel something on my ear, and I reach up to touch my ear, and it's like somebody has incised, like somebody hasn't cut the inside of my ear.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It was, you know, obviously, I was like, freaking out about this, but... I mean, again, I hadn't been there for very long, and so I didn't know who to talk to or, you know, what I was supposed to do about the situation. So I come downstairs, and one of the people who had been living in the house, I mean, he'd been living in Japan for a really long time, and um, he had been living in the house for a while, too. And I said, you know, I, I don't know what happened last night. Something happened to my ear. And he was just like, oh, yeah. Was it your third night in the tatami room? I was like, no. Yeah, yeah. And so I said, yeah, I mean, I guess it was my third night. And he was just like, yeah, it happens. What happens to the third <laughs> night in the zombie room? Yeah, I know. I, I like it was, it, we really didn't even talk about it anymore after that. It, it was, it was so unsettling. Um, you know, cause that was, that was my room too. So, at that-
1: but so you just left it at that. He's like, yeah, that happens. You weren't like, well, what is it? A ghost? Yeah. Like- no,
2: you know, and that's the, the the weird thing about it, honestly, pumpkin. I don't know if I just didn't want to know. I didn't want to, you know, I, mm-hmm. I or if I was just kind of still getting familiarized with this new place that I was living, and I didn't, you know, I didn't want to like weird out my roommates and be the person who's like, I think the the, the house is haunted. Um. So I just, yeah, I just kind of like left it at that. But, you know, of course, that's not where the story ends because, um, you know, as I as I got more comfortable living in the house. And of course, they became really fast, good friends with a lot of the people who were living in the house. Everybody had had some kind of an experience. Um, And so we sort of started to band together. And, you know, really interestingly too, it was, we were living in a small town and Gifu City is not a big town, especially by Japanese standards. And so there were people in, in our neighborhood who knew about this house and who believed that there was a spirit in the house. And so as I, you know, got to know my students who I also, I mean, it was, it was a fabulous experience. Like I became really, really good friends with all my students in Japan. And I had a couple of students, one in particular who was a psychic and I was telling her about the house and, and about that room in particular. And she was just like, yeah, you know, I, I think that you have a, a spirit and I think that the spirit is in that room. And so, you know, she came over and she did a cleansing and, and she said, yeah, it's the tatami room is where the energy is um and so she did a cleansing ritual and she kind of gave us some advice on what we could do about it but yeah i mean there were lots of experiences in that house that were extremely unsettling another time i came home and i just assumed that we had staff japanese speaking staff who were in the house because i heard people upstairs speaking japanese and then one by one everybody came home and there was nobody nobody up there
1: oh yeah
2: another time
1: wait (laughs) yeah
2: Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say another time, you know, we had these kind of sliding bamboo doors and the house didn't have central heat. And so each room just had its own little space heater. So we were really, you know, conscientious of conserving the heat. And so I was in the family room um, and I got up to go get my dinner and I opened up the doors and I closed them behind me and started to walk towards the kitchen. And I just felt, you know, I mean, you know, that feeling where it was just like, uh, like somebody's staring at me or somebody's looking at me and it turned around and the doors were wide open.
1: So when you would talk to the people in the house, what, what would they say? Well, L- yeah. like your other people living, like the human people. Yeah.
2: It's funny. Cause I was actually, I was obviously thinking about coming on your show and thinking about the whole experience. I messaged my friend Gretchen who also, she lived in the house for, you know, the same time, she was there at the same time that I was and actually continued to live in the house a little bit longer after I left. And um, and we were just, yeah, talking about what a, what a spooky experience it was because she, too, um, had, had a lot of pretty gnarly, you know, spooky experiences happen there, um, which, you know, I mean, we, we became really good friends, but it was definitely a bonding kind of a thing uh, mm-hmm. where she would – so, you know, what, what actually happened was – I wanted to get out of that bedroom. Like, I just, I, I knew that there was something in that bedroom. And so the minute that somebody moved out, I moved into their room. And the thing about this house was that it was, I mean, it was huge. There were, I can't even remember, like, there were seven or eight bedrooms in it. So it was a really big house. And there was kind of the, the part of the house that was original. Um, and that part was like 200, 250 years old really old house and then there were new additions and so i moved downstairs into um a part of the house that was really disconnected from the main portion of the house and i didn't have any experiences down there like i was really comfortable down there but my friend gretchen she was upstairs and there were several nights when she would come down to my room and ask if she could sleep with me in my room um because she was scared
1: now when you moved out of that room did somebody move in and then you got to be the person after the third night that goes third night in the tatami room? So,
2: so we ended up, I, I, I think that there was kind of an unspoken understanding that nobody wanted that room. And so yeah. nobody moved into that room while I was living there. Um, I was the last person to, to call it my bedroom for the duration of my stay in Japan. But One of the teachers who lived in the house, her brother came to visit, and you know, I mean, it it was it. it, The tatami room had kind of become like a guest room, I guess, at that point. And so her brother stayed in the tatami room, and uh, like it's, I can't believe I mean, it's it's just so bizarre. On the third night, he he was staying in the tatami room, and uh, I honestly, I, I don't know how else to describe it. I mean, it. I think he was possessed. Um, He just out of the blue, out of the blue. It was late at night and out of the blue, this guy opens up the window in the tatami room and just starts screaming out into the night about how he hates Japan, fuck Japan. Um, And he was really, I mean, like just losing it. Really, really agitated out of the blue. He had gone into that room perfectly fine. And then suddenly everybody in the house woke up to him screaming out the window. And he was so agitated that there was concern he was actually gonna to try to jump out of this window. So his sister oh yeah, his sister ran up there and tried to calm him down.
1: It's so creepy to think that like the ghost knows it's the third night. Like yeah. Yeah, like that, that means that they're watching the first night. Okay. Just two more nights and then one more night and then, okay. Showtime, baby. Yep. Like that is so creepy. And I've never heard anything like, like the ear thing. What is that?
2: Uh, I, I don't know. And I think that that's part of, you know, I've like, I've, i thought about it a lot over the years and I've told the story to, you know, I, I've told the story here and there, but every time, yeah, it just like, it, it really does. It concerns me. You know, cause it was, um, it was like, did I get marked? You know,
1: it sounds very dangerous. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. no, I know. I, I, it's, it's, I, I can't believe it happened to be honest. And it, you know, it, so this is one of those things where it's just like, I don't, I'm not trying to invite this shit.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 No, you're safe. Don't worry. The, they're not listening. The, when the student did the cleansing, did, did that help?
2: Um, I think it put my mind at ease a little bit because she basically said that, you know, it was, it was a negative energy. I mean, Japan has a lot of really interesting kind of spiritual and metaphysical beliefs. A lot of the people who live in Japan do it. And so she was basically just like, you know, the, the ghost probably doesn't want to hurt you. Um, but they do need to be told to go away from you. They do need to be told to that, that, that you're unable to help them. And so when she did the cleansing ritual, you know, what she did is she, um, she mounded some salt in a sake cup and she put it in front of the door, in front of the, t- the door at the tatami room. And, um, she advised us that if we were feeling, you know, scared or we feeling like we were being, uh, followed by the ghost that we could take a bath in sake as well. And that would alleviate some of the, the fear. Um, but that if we felt like we came face to face with the spirit or with the energy or the ghost or whatever you want to call it, that we should say that we couldn't help it and to please go away. And so I had one experience where, um, I came into the house, you know, like I said, the the room that I ultimately moved into was detached from the main structure of the house. And so I had to walk through a courtyard to get to the bathroom. And so I walked through the courtyard to get to the bathroom late at night. And, um, and I, went to close the door to the bathroom. And, um, you know, when you, when you looked out of the bathroom, you basically just looked straight up into this dark hallway and then up a flight of stairs. It was a really ominous kind of view. And so I walked in the bathroom, went to close the door, and it, was, it felt like somebody was standing there. And I just kind of froze for a moment. And then I said, you know, I'm, I'm really sorry. I can't help you um, please go away. And it felt like it, this, this energy just evaporated.
1: Wow. Yeah. Well, it's good to know that that works.
2: (laughs) Right. Yeah. I know. (laughs) After that, I was kind of like, Meh. maybe I can, you know, maybe I can handle this.
1: Yeah. And so how long ago was this? Uh,
2: This would have been in 2000. Wow. It would have been 2005 or 2006.
1: Oh, see, ghost or human from 2005 does not know how to use a podcast. They're not listening.
3: We <laughs> <Please, laughs> relief <You're fine. laughs> us. Yeah, thank you so much.
1: Because yeah. I'm very concerned. I'm like, I don't want this ghost <laughs> to come back. Right. right. <laughs>
2: They're going to
1: be on the my- But if you think about it, like if you were like back to the future style, came like time traveled from 2005, you'd be like, are you, are you talking about like radio? No, it's like something that a drag queen can do from her couch and talk to somebody in Portland about a Japanese goat. They wouldn't know what we we're talking about. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I am joined by Paul from Pennsylvania. How are you? I'm good. How are you? So good. Okay, you have got some ghost stories. Where do we I begin?
3: Do- well, um, I guess since it's Christmas time, I want to tell a little Christmas ghost story. Um, I love that. Also, well, you know, that's
1: that's such a tradition. You know, people don't tell ghost stories like they used to. But historically, that was like a thing people did on Christmas Eve is tell ghost stories. And I love that.
3: Yeah. Um, and it's also, it's kind of a sweet one. So it's nice to start with that before we get into the really spooky ones. Um, okay, okay. So, um, well... Uh, uh, just a little backstory about my grandmother, um, who this story is about. Um, she loved Christmas, I love Christmas, and she would always tell this the story about when she was a little girl she would um, she wasn 't like a theatrical person like myself, um, but she was in a little <laughs> in a little Christmas show and had a poem that she had to read when she was like real tiny um and she would re- she would recite the poem even though you know she's in her 70s and 80s and all that she still remembered it would recite it. she had um like a print of it framed that she got at christmas time um, wow and it, and it went um what can i give him poor as i am if i was a shepherd i'd bring a lamb if i was a wise man i'd do my part what can i give him give him my heart and so In 2016, she passed away. And, you know, she was older, fairly conservative, um, and was not real happy about the fact that I was gay, um, and was invited to our wedding, but did not come, sent a letter. The only person who didn't come who sent me a letter sort of explaining, you know, it's because of her faith and her belief, you know, in, in God and those sorts of things, that she didn't want to come to my wedding, which had created sort of, you know, a strain there and that, you know, there's just certain things that I couldn't tell her. Um, so after she passed away, the first Christmas, because it was in fall, it was uh, late October. Um, the first Christmas, I am putting together a new Christmas playlist. I decided that I wanted to throw on, uh, sort of do a, a collection, of sort of Lilith Fair type artists, you know, some Tori Amos, some Jewel, mm-hmm. that kind of vibe. And I was like, oh, that's right, the Indigo Girls have a Christmas album. Let me just pick a couple songs, throw it on the playlist. If I don't like them, I'll just take them off. So I am you know, starting to decorate, and I get out these ornaments that she had crocheted for me um, and given me for Christmas years before. I'm hanging these ornaments, and the Indigo Girls song comes on, and it's in the bleak midwinter. And I did not realize until it started playing that the third verse – is that poem, her poem, that she loves so much? Oh my God. And so the song starts playing, and I'm like, wait, I know these words. I know the story. And like, I just get this tingle, and I'm holding these Christmas balls that she crocheted, and the song comes on, and it felt like a message. Like, she was like, I get it now to hear like these lesbian folk icons sing the yeah. same words that she had. It felt like a message from her that she understood better whatever happens after we die you know she understood um you know sort of being gay is okay
1: so wow or is it possible that she was secretly a big fan of the indigo girls this whole time
3: well i mean that's possible i mean she <laughs> you know everybody loves a little lesbian folk icon you know
1: so (laughs) (laughs) or she was one of their songwriters well maybe (laughs) she contributed contributed a verse (laughs) wow that's amazing though god that would be so crazy if all of a sudden you're like wait a minute grandma oh my god
3: yeah cool so so that one's like that one was just kind of a sweet and of course you know it's it could be a coincidence you know you can explain that away but like it it, f- I could feel it like in my soul that there was like a connection there.
1: Wow, that's so sweet. That's so nice to get that that confirmation. I think that's that seems like a, the feelings that you probably got surrounding that were probably really confirmed that for you. Like,
3: yeah, yeah. And I had um, my my dad passed away when I was sixteen before I came out, and um, I'd seen a psychic, and I kind of just asked like did he know does he know now wherever he is now and and she was like she was like he he gets it he he doesn't have a problem with it like he understands so it was kind of that same vibe of like you know after you die things are you know clearer you know so well
1: yeah it's like you're so wrapped up in the human just everyday material human shit and I think that i it seems like that just goes away. And it's like, oh, it's more about our souls and and the bigger picture.
3: Mm-hmm,
1: yeah. Wow. Ew, okay, now tell me a spooky
3: one. Okay, so this, um, when I was in the first grade, uh, I think the summer before I went into first grade, so I was like six, um, we moved into a... Um, older brick uh house that was a duplex so it was like two houses connected by a wall um and there was some weird stuff that started happening like i was little so like my memories are a little bit hazy but based on the stories my parents would would tell me you know kind of piecing together what happened there um we would have uh like stuff um would suddenly come like in the summertime suddenly come flying out of the heat vents like they had turned on um and stuff would move uh the really creepy moment was we my sister who was little like two years old was upstairs by herself um and was going to walk down the steps and somebody pushed her even though she was up there by herself and you know that's just spooky um yeah a two-year-old you said yes oh no and 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 this isn't like supernatural it was just weird um the the sister that was younger than her who was like a like a newborn um less than a year old um that same sister the two-year-old climbed up and pushed her off of the changing table (laughs) <laughs> and you know, obviously, you know, that wasn't a ghost that did that, but like what two-year-old just goes around pushing their baby sister off of things? Like, uh, you know, it just there was weird vibes like that. And I have a distinct memory of being like in the living room by myself and getting picked up and thrown. <gasps> and that that's like I it was weird because, like, I had a memory of it, like, someone must have picked me up and it sort of, like, recovered. Like, No, there was no one else there. Like, I was picked up by nothing and thrown um, across the living room. Did you get hurt? Not that I recall. Like, I've never had a broken bone or anything like that, so it wasn't, like, enough to, like, damage me. But, you know, it's still pretty scary. Yeah. <laughs> So I like, I don't know what all else may have happened at that house because, um, like those are the things that I like witnessed or was told to, some of them were told to me later, but, um, so I'm in first grade and I come home from school one day and my grandfather is at the door and he's like, yeah, you guys moved. And my mom was just like, I've had enough. I can't stand this haunted house. We are leaving. And we moved in with my grandparents for a while. And by the time, like, I was old enough to ask her questions, she had, um she has a, a history of mental illness, and actually had to have sh- uh, electroshock therapy in the nineties. Okay. Oh, and so, like, her memories of that time in the house are real fragmented. So she's like, "I don't know, maybe I was just crazy." And I'm like, "Maybe, but we all remember some of that shit. So it wasn't just you, you know?"
1: Wow. Oh
3: that's so scary. It sounds so violent. Ugh. Yeah, and we cuz we were there for less than a year cuz we moved in that summer and were out by I don't know exactly when but it would have been like late winter early spring. So it wasn't even a full year that we were in this house.
1: Do you have another one?
3: Well, um my husband is uh has a little bit of the gift. He doesn't like it, doesn't want it, but he will hear <laughs> things and see things and I've the weird thing is, like, I've always been, like, not skeptical, but kind of like, well, is there another no explanation? Are you sure of what's happened? That kind of vibe. Um, but he, uh, one of our apartments, the first apartment we lived in together, he would hear, like, voices call his name when he was home by himself. And, like, the dog would hear them, too. Um, but I, I never really experienced those things until the house we live in now. Um, When we first moved in, my sister and her son were living here as well, and after they moved out, which was this past spring right before everything went crazy here, um, we started, he started before I did, he would see, like, shadows, like, in the doorways, um, like, something was, like, peeking around the door at us, Um, and he didn't want to say anything, I guess because I'm a little bit skeptical, um and finally he was like i don't know like i just i thought i saw something and my sister was all like i used to see the same thing and i didn't want to say anything mm. so it's like concentrated like kind of in the side of the house where the bedrooms are where like we, he would see these shadowy things like peek out through the doorways um he'd be because we don't smoke he does he smokes but he doesn't smoke in the house um, so he'd be out on the porch smoking and then be all like, did you go into the bedroom for something? Like it's a weird time of day for you to be in the bedroom. We're like, no. And he's like, well, it looked like something was moving around in the bedroom. Ooh. And then, so I was like, okay, I don't want to say it didn't happen, but you know, we live on a busy street. There's a, literally a Burger King next door to us. You know, it could be just, you know, the headlights or whatever. Like I'm trying to come up with other explanations, just kind of partially not to freak myself out. Um, but then, the one day I was out in the kitchen um and I'd been like doing dishes or something and decided to just sit down for a second, take a breather, you know, browse TikTok. And I, um, and like, I felt him walk past me and go down into the basement, like he was going to go do laundry. And so then after a bit, I'm like, why is he coming back up? Like, it takes like five minutes to get the laundry started. And I go to poke my head down and no one's down there. And so then I walk out into the living room and he's not out here and he's out on the porch smoking. And I'm like, did you go down and do laundry? He's like, no, I'm down in the basement all day. So I'm like, I don't know what walked past me because I didn't like see it like as a, like a figure it was out of the corner of my eye, but I saw movement come into the kitchen and then go into the basement.
1: Oh my God. So with him Fine. having the gift,
3: does he have any insight into what's going on not really um like he he tends to see things more but he doesn't get like communication or like feelings about what these these things are it tends to be more like he'll, he'll see things that no one else is seeing you know movements and and figures and that sort of thing so yeah so he has no idea um the house is about 100 years old so um, I tried Googling the address just to see if something came up and nothing did. But yeah, so we don't know a whole lot besides that. We just, we see these figures and it's just the two of us.
1: So how do you feel about that? Like, do you, do you feel like you might want to get someone in there and ghost bust it or? Um,
3: at the moment, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me too much because they're like leaving us alone um Mm -hmm. because in the meantime i've had i've had another situation where i kind of felt like it was going on in the basement we've had the basement door kind of creak open and creak shut on us so that it's like it's it's spooky creepy but it's not like dangerous feeling Uh uh-huh so at the moment it's kind of like leave well enough alone and hope it leaves us alone i guess
1: (laughs) just coexist yeah (laughs) oh my god
3: well, Paul, these are some good ones. I mean, are, are there other ones or? Um, that's pretty much it of things that I have okay. experienced. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, it's nothing's like a full like narrative arc of like, and then we discovered that a little girl died in the attic. You know, kind of stories. It's just like weird shit just follows me around, apparently.
1: Well, but the, you're currently living in a narrative. Well, yeah. So you let me know when you find out that okay. there's a little girl buried in the attic or whatever okay. happens.
3: I will. I will definitely <laughs> let you know. Oh,
1: God, I hope not. <laughs>
3: uh, <laughs> I've been ghosted, too.
1: Special thank you to Ryan, Claire, and Paul. And if you want just a little more of them, head on over to patreon.com slash And you can find some bonus clips of me talking to Ryan and Paul. I cannot stop thinking about Claire's ear bleeding as the result of a ghost. And then I start thinking, okay, the only time I've ever had blood on my ear was when I got my ears pierced at, wait for it, Claire's. At the mall, at the Glendale Galleria, I went to Claire's and they pierced my ears. And it only, I mean, it bled just a little tiny bit. But still, I was thinking about that and I'm like, wait, but we we just heard that story from Claire. Is there a connection there? Am I on to something? Was it the ghost of somebody that worked at Claire's? Guys, that's it for 2020 in terms of ghosted. Listen, we still got things going on in this world. Uh, But when it comes to me, on this podcast, that's the end of it for this year, uh, unless you go to patreoncom rosdressfiles and hear those two little episodes that I'm going to be doing um, there next week and New Year's Eve. If you are looking for some holiday presents for your loved ones that love this show, you could go to cameocom rosdressfulness and get a personal video of me saying hello, uh, Happy Holidays. And um, I love doing those. And another thing you could do is get some of my merch. We've got the pins, the enamel pins. We've got the tote bags, the t-shirts, the stickers. And all of that can be found in my link in my bio on Instagram, which is at Ros Please rate this show five stars on Apple Podcasts, and if you have a ghost story, you could leave it in a five-star review, or you could just write something nice about me. We've got the Facebook group called Ghosted by Roz drez Falez. And you know what? I hope that you have a wonderful holiday season, whatever you celebrate. Or if you don't celebrate anything, I hope you just have a nice, safe, happy Uh, time and you know if you celebrate Christmas I hope that uh, a large man uh, breaks into your house and uh, eats your uh, cookies and and gives you gifts I'll talk to you in 2021 I love you all both living and dead but if I didn't ask you to haunt me don't haunt me okay bye
3: Star Bands a, podca- <clears throat>
2: a podcast network.